In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In the midst of a, a very you know, sad week, today the Church celebrates one of the seven minor feasts, and that's Covenant Thursday. And on this day, the Lord, as we say in the liturgy of St. Basil, we say, He instituted for us this great mystery of godliness. For being determined, he was determined to give himself for the life of the world. And what is this great mystery of godliness that the Lord gave us? The great mystery of godliness that the Lord gave us is the Eucharist. And this great mystery of godliness is the liturgy. Because the Eucharist and the liturgy, they are what give life to the world. And that's why today I want to speak to you about liturgy and Eucharist. And I'm going to speak about four images that I want you to keep in your mind, four images that they remind us of the liturgy. The liturgy of the Eucharist, and what we're doing now, is best understood as journey or procession. A journey or a procession. It is a journey of the church to the kingdom. That's why in, in the liturgy we say, Lead us throughout the way into your kingdom. The first image of liturgy is, is very obvious. It is the Passover. On Covenant Thursday, our Lord, He was celebrating the Passover. But in the, the Passover that the Lord was celebrating, there was a different lamb. There was a different Moses. There was a different oppressor. There was a different promised land. A lot of differences. But one maybe like thing of sim similarity, before we talk about those differences, is one similarity is that even the ancient, like the Jewish rabbis of the time, they used to teach that every generation, imagine, this is what the Jewish rabbis used to teach the Jewish people, in every generation, a man must so regard himself as if he came forth himself out of Egypt. For it is written, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came forth out of Egypt. Therefore, we are bound to give thanks. That's actually from the Mishnah. So, the, like, the, the Jews, they had this idea that Passover wasn't just, like, a memorial. Passover was actually you coming out of Egypt. And similarly, we have this idea even to a greater extent when we celebrate the liturgy, we are reliving the Last Supper. That's why we say the same words that the Lord said at the Last Supper. He's, it's, we, he, we give thanks. He, he blessed it. He sanctified it. All those things we say because that's what the Lord did at the, Lord, the Last Supper. And the Jewish Passover, it was the beginning of the... Exodus. It was the beginning of the Exodus. It was their beginning of the journey to the promised land. And similarly, the Eucharist, the liturgy, it is our Exodus. It is our Exodus. Our Exodus from the slavery of sin. 
It is the beginning, or it is our journey to the promised land of the heavens. So when you stand in the liturgy, when you stand in the liturgy, imagine now that you are in the Exodus. Imagine now that you are fleeing from your past. And the priest, he is the new Moses. And we are journeying together now to the promised land. And as God's presence, He led the congregation of Israel, Christ's presence at the altar leads us to the promised land. And as the Passover defeated Pharaoh and his army, God destroyed them. The blood of our Lord will defeat our enemies, our sinful thoughts, our anxiety from all the world, our earthly passions. God destroyed the entire army of Pharaoh. Not one person of Pharaoh's army got away. If you put your faith in the liturgy, join the the procession of the liturgy, and let everything else be drowned behind you. Let everything else be drowned behind you. Keep your arms lifted up like Moses when he was at war with Amalek. And when his arms were lifted up, He defeated, and they were winning against Amalek and utterly defeated him. This is the first image of the liturgy. The second image of the liturgy is the transfiguration. Is the transfiguration. Liturgy and Eucharist leads to the transfiguration of man. Leads to... Transfiguration of man. Mankind was created in image and likeness of God. Man was supposed to live forever in communion with God. Man was supposed to be a priest for all of creation and to eat from the tree of life constantly. But when mankind fell into sin... Mankind was transfigured. Mankind was transfigured. And actually, I'm going to speak about this concept in great detail tomorrow, God willing. How man was transfigured negatively. Negatively. Man was immortal and man became mortal. Lucifer was in the heavens and he became, he left his glory in the heavens And became filth, became evil. This is negative transfiguration, negative transfiguration. And in the liturgy, we reverse this negative like transfiguration. Now the man that was immortal gets to eat from the tree of life. We have positive transfiguration. Our hearts and minds are enlightened. We see the Lord in His glory. And that's why we wear the white and we wear the tonyas and we wear all of these things. Remember the transfiguration of the Lord? He was shining in glory and wearing white that no like launderer could make. 
And this is why man is, that's why the deacons are dressed in white, to show that they are transfigured. They are no longer just normal people. They came in regular clothes, but now in the liturgy, they are transfigured. They are transfigured. And that's why in the liturgy, we say, lift up your hearts. Lift up your hearts. Your hearts will be transfigured from this earth to the the heavens. St. John Chrysostom, he had an expression that's very interesting. He said, why do I care about heaven when I myself become heaven? I myself become heaven. When we think about the liturgy, we think about the transformation of the bread and wine. But do you think about your transfiguration, your change to glory? That's why I love the part in the litany in the Gregorian liturgy. It says, those who are in this place, conform them to your, conform them to your angels. Of that transfiguration. Conform them to your angels. Another aspect of the transfiguration that I want to focus on, if you remember the transfiguration, what did St. Peter say to the Lord? He said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. What St. Peter meant by this is... I want to live here. I want to be here. I want to abide here. And that's why, you know, the saying, home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. Our heart is with God. So our home is with God. And that's why David in the Psalms, he said, One thing I have desired of the Lord. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of His temple. Is the church your home? Do you want to dwell in this place? Or are you just just a visitor coming to come take blood and then leave? Yani... And I love this Holy Week because the church tells us to live in the church. And that's why you come and you hear the deacon, he says a psalm, 20 minutes, Ya Rabbi, 20 minutes, and we spend all this time. Because we're going to live in the church. We can do it in 10 minutes. We can. You want to do the whole thing? We can stand, and then be done, and then empty. But that misses the point. Of the whole thing. The whole point is, We want to live here. We want to see the glory of the Lord. And when we see the glory of the Lord, We want to say all, everything. We love it. This is because this is the man that's transfigured. If we are not transfigured into just visitors, into come and go. Another part of transfiguration is the communion of the saints. In the liturgy we say, before whom stand 
thousands of thousands and ten thousand times. Ten thousand. And in Hebrew, St. Paul, he says, we are surrounded by the cloud of witnesses. And St. John in the Revelation, he says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Not only, like when we come to the liturgy, we are connected to The heavenly. But not only are we connected to the heavenly, but in this transfiguration of man, we become transfigured into the body of Christ. And we all become the one, we all become the one, one body. The one body. And that's why I love in the liturgy it says, Make us all worthy, O our Master, to partake of your holies. Unto the purification of our souls, our bodies, and our spirits, that we may become one body, one spirit, and have a share and inheritance with all your saints. We're going to have an inheritance with all your saints. This is by the transfiguration of man. The last image that I want to leave you with about liturgy is, we said the first one, Passover, the second one, Transfiguration. The third one is of the washing of the feet. Our Lord, he said in the Gospel, if then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And if you think about what this life is for, this life is to love one another. And to love one another means to sacrifice for one another. There is no such thing as love without sacrifice. And man is a sacrificial being because he finds his life in love. And that's why people who are empty, they go and they try to find love in all the wrong places. Love and sacrifice give meaning to life. And one concern that I have for our time is that we are selfish. We don't want to wash the feet of other people. We love to pay people to wash our feet. And we go and get our pedicures, and we do this, and we do, and we love this. And we do all this. But do you wash the feet of each other? How do you wash the feet of each other? Do you really wash the feet of each other? Washing the feet, they had a disgusting. The disciples don't walking around, and their feet disgusting and smelly and ugh. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he goes and he takes the lowest place to wash the feet of his disciples. Yanni, I wonder, do we take the lowest place? Or do we only do things if they're glamorous? If they're glamorous. Yanni, the Pharisees, they love the best seats at the feast. And they love the best seats in the synagogue. But liturgy is about... 
going to the lowest place to wash the feet of each other. And Anna, I get sad these days to ask anything from anyone. Because Anna, I don't want to offend. I'm busy. No, 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 no. Okay, fine. Take the lowest place. And I didn't ask to wash the feet. Yeret, I asked you to wash the feet of someone. The Haga is something we need to think about. Liturgy is all about washing the feet of one another, to sacrifice for one another. I hope you will remember these four images. Four, four images? Three images. Three images. And I see a fourth one, but I keep it in for next year. The, the first one is Passover. The second one, transfiguration of man. And the third one, to wash each other's feet. And glory be to God forever. Amen.